listening to the Lance J Radio Network. So I was talking about Kendrick Lamar in the last segment. He's kind of the anti- stereotype right when you 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 don't look at Kendrick Lamar and say man this guy's gonna be the voice of the generation from the hip-hop perspective he doesn't look like he would be the generational goat if not the all-time goat you don't see no Cuban link chains he's not he's not doing videos from yachts and g5s he's not driving he's not whipping a Bugatti he's not showing off the Daytona Rolex you don't get any of that stuff from Kendrick at all, man. He's he's coming with some different stuff. Like he's he's doing a deep fake video with with Nipsey Hussle's face on it. He doesn't look like a superstar. He looks like a regular guy. He's not even he's not even trapping out. Like he's not even down in Jordan Downs projects doing videos with the Rolling 60s Crips. He's not doing any of that type of stuff. He's just a regular guy and and a lot of times, it's the people that you don't expect to be great. It's not the complex. It's not the person that overdoes it, that overproduces. One of the things about Kanye West, and I don't, I don't really try to be critical of hip-hop artists, but Kanye West, over time, he started overproducing his music. It's just too much. When Kanye was at his zenith, he was doing these, he was speeding up these old-school Harold Melvin samples and, and soul samples and Shaka Khan and all of that type of stuff. That's when he was at his zenith. It's the, the simplicity in the chord progressions. It's the, it's the time signature. As you get into overproducing, you get a little bit more complex. The music is just not as relatable to average people. And I think Kendrick, although his music is very deep and really takes you on a personal journey, as a person in his private life, he keeps it very simple. He puts it all into the music, into the product. But you, you don't see him on the gram stunting. He's not embroiled and involved in drama and all of that stuff. He's quiet for three or four years. Then he gets back on the scene. He shows up once a year at a Super Bowl or at some major event, Grammy, something like that. He crushes it. He goes back to his private life. And I think that that makes him enigmatic and people like that about him. That makes people more interested in what he's doing. And I wanted to make that parallel from a business perspective and an entrepreneurship perspective, one of my shows is my favorite show to talk about on, on Lance Day Radio Network is Shark Tank. I find Shark Tank to be fascinating because you have these regular people like me and you that are entrepreneurs and they've invested into a business. They're doing it out of their garage. They have sweat equity and they get their parents and friends to invest and they put their own money into it. Some of them are working 50, 60 hours a week and then they come home and they work another 30, 40 hours a week on the side hustle and they're trying to get to the next level. And they're literally going in front of a bunch of billionaires on Shark Tank whose objective is to add to their portfolio of businesses and make money. And I love Kevin O'Leary. He's my favorite person on there. There's a lot of people like Damon John, Mark Cuban. They're a lot more positive. Kevin O'Leary is, is basically rude to everybody. 
And if the product sucks, he's brutally honest. He'll tell you, hey, this product sucks. You should stop throwing your money away and go back to work. But it never ceases to amaze me that after spending all this time building up their, their platform, building up their business, raising money, investing money, they'll sell a third of their withholdings to, to Kevin O'Leary or sell it to Lori so she can put it on QVC. Or when they have Charles Barkley or Alex Rodriguez on there, all of that hard work you did, you're selling it. Now you work for Alex Rodriguez. I'd be darned if I sell Paragon 7 Studios to Alex Rodriguez for, I don't know, a couple hundred grand. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'd rather my business go under. Because if you sell half of your business to somebody else, you understand that you're kind of their employee. They're the one that's putting all the money in it. If you lose that money again, then you don't have a business anymore. And, and I just think I'm going to live and die with my own business acumen, man. I'm not, I'm not going to Mark Cuban and begging him for $500,000 to keep afloat. If I have to restructure, recalibrate, and start over, I'm going to do that. But it's very interesting to me that these people take on debt. And the Sharks, if they have a deal that they can really pounce on, they, they get it for pennies on the dollar. And to the Sharks, Kevin O'Leary is, is brutally honest and says that, hey, I only care about my money. I only care about getting my money back. So I'm going to do royalty deals. I'm going to do guaranteed royalty deals for the rest of the life of the product. And I'm going to charge you points on your money. So I'm going to give you $500,000, but you're going to pay me back a million and I'm going to have a royalty deal on everything you sell for the rest of your life. Like they, they're giving you a 360 deal, like in the music industry. They're going to get their cut of everything you do moving forward. And people are desperate. They need the money. They need the publicity. They need the, the plugs, the channels that these billionaires have. So they're willing to sell their souls just to meet this quarter's payroll. But it's interesting to me, there are two products that I think are very interesting and I wanted to talk about because I was making a parallel with Kendrick Lamar. He doesn't look, uh, a 5'7 guy from Compton that has braids doesn't look like the greatest rapper our generation, if not all time. He's not wearing a pair of Versace shades. He's not stunting on the gram. He's not, he's not putting up a, his, his newest acquisition, his, his newest winter home in in Naples, Florida. He's not, that's not how he's rolling. He's talking about Mother Africa and he's he's talking about the upliftment of the African American culture and stuff like that. That's that's the message that you generally get from Kendrick Lamar. But like Kendrick Lamar, the two biggest sellers in the history of Shark Tank, the first one is Bombas Socks. Now, I've seen people come in Shark Tank with all sorts of complex ideas. I saw literally a, one lady brought in a nuclear reactor. It's like this thing that takes, that takes sunlight and it turns it into nuclear kinetic energy. High level of R&D, high level of investment, high level of volatility. I've seen people come in there with these complex superfoods and they're trying to figure out how to make a product that tastes like a chocolate eclair, but has zero calories. You have people come in with so many different ideas and so many different concepts. Some of the ideas are half-baked. Some of the ideas are just in theory. They love the term pre-revenue, meaning that they haven't sold a doggone thing. And they're trying to, to, to encourage someone to give you half a million dollars or a quarter million dollars for a product that has not sold. 
But there's a lot of complexity. But Bombas socks are just, they're just basically socks. Bombas found a way to make ankle socks that are, that are more comfortable. Now, me, I used to, when I used to hoop back in the day, I rocked the ankle socks. Now, when I'm out running or doing something athletic to the best of my ability, I got to have the whole tights on. I look like Jay Crowder in that mofo for the Phoenix Suns. But unlike Jay Crowder, the tights are actually holding my knees and ankles together and hips together. If I don't wear that, it's going to be an Achilles tear or an ACL, LCL tear. So I got the double sleeve, I got, I got the double knee brace, and I got the double, I got the tights on. Anytime I'm hooping or, or out tossing the football around or something like that. But ankle socks are so basic and such an element, but people need them. It's the most requested item in homeless shelters is to get a good, clean pair of socks. Keep your feet dry. Keep from getting athlete's foot. Keep yourself comfortable. If your feet hurt, then you're not, you're not you. You're not able. Uh, Rampage talked about someone in the industry that he's friends with. He didn't name the name. He said he has a, he has a friend that has gout that can't perform because he can't stand on stage anymore. So ankle socks that feel good, that's huge value, but you're not talking about R&D. You're not talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars in investment. You're just talking about making socks that are more comfortable. The second biggest, which is my favorite, is the Scrub Daddy sponge. So basically, the Scrub Daddy is a sponge. Bomb has sold $225 million. The Scrub Daddy sponge has sold $200 million. And it's basically a sponge that has a smiley face cut into the sponge. So as you're scrubbing your kitchen or your bathroom or whatever's going on, you like to keep your house clean. I'm a person that's very meticulous about my kitchen. I got to have a clean kitchen. I don't feel comfortable cooking in a kitchen. If there are any spots or anything in the microwave, I won't do it. I can't do it. But all it is is a regular sponge. That was a good product, but it has a smiley face on it. So while you're scrubbing your kitchen and your bathroom, it's smiling back at you. Such a simple addition Nothing complex. Nothing where you had to get the brilliant people from MIT or Harvard or Yale or Stanford or Duke. You don't have to go to an elite business school to figure out, hey, if I put a smiley face on this, I might sell more. And it's been a wildly successful product. And, and often, making a parallel with Kendrick, if you're an entrepreneur, it's not always about having the most complex and R&D, and, and it's going to change the world from a technology standpoint. Everybody can't be Amazon or Facebook or Google. You listening to the show probably don't have the money to do that. A lot of times, it's just a very simple variation on a product that's already in circulation that everybody needs, everybody uses, and you just find a way to make it better. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We began searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must, 
that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the, the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a full cart fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help Feeding Children Everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. This man was on the track with LL, with LL and, and, and Big Smiles. That's, that's a legacy. That's hip-hop history right there. I should change yeah. it to the Rampage show. James Lewis. I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> you crazy. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.